from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the National News for week commencing July 15, 2018. 13 young people in Thailand are alive today partly because of radio. A radio system, in fact, that was designed by a British ham nearly 20 years ago. The radios are specialised low-frequency units called hayphones, bearing the name of John Hay Golf 3 TDZ, now a silent key. WIA presenter VK2LAW Jason will have a little more when he looks at the international news further down today's log. ARN has launched interactive advertising technology ShakeMe across iHeartRadio via an audio ad format launched in December last year by Californian tech company AdsWiz. Now in Australia, when listeners hear a ShakeMe advertisement with a tailored call to action, they'll be able to shake their device, which will either trigger a phone call, download a coupon, or open a landing when they next unlock their phone. ShakeMe advertisements are designed so that consumers can engage directly with specialised ads without the need to unlock their phones, click through or even look at their screen. The Chief Operating Officer of iHeartRadio Australia said, There is a massive penetration of mobile ownership in Australia and a rapid migration of radio listening onto digital platforms like iHeartRadio. When you combine those things with the ShakeMe technology, which allows advertisers to give consumers the control to instantly interact further with the brand whilst listening to their ad with just a simple shake of their phone, you have an incredibly powerful marketing tool. Look, up in the sky, it's a plane? No, no, look further, it's the ISS. And does it have a date for you? That would be Tuesday, July the 17th. That's when the students at Essex Heights Primary School in Melbourne, Australia will get their long-awaited moment with astronaut Serena Ornan-Chancellor KG5TMT on board the International Space Station. The hour will be 6.24pm local time, which is 8.24 UTC. While the students have their interaction via telebridge, the rest of the world can get in on the action by participating on the internet. There's a live streaming link for worldwide viewing and it will be published on the school's website. Just visit www.essexheightsps.vic.edu.au. I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. Hello, this is Marcus, VK5 Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Normally I like to bring a positive message to my comments, but this time I'm struggling. The ACMA has asked stakeholders for submissions for their five-year Spectrum Outlook paper. And the WIA has tried to get some positives out of it, but with the pressures on Spectrum, it has been hard. Frankly, the WIA is disappointed with the draft. The WIA acknowledges that ACMA has said that they will review some matters, including certificates of proficiency, permitted power, bandwidths and emission modes, foundation-licensed use of digital modes, and clarifying some terminology. Our submission to the ACMA provided detailed responses suggesting regular meetings rather than ad hoc, 
And the WIA has outlined the use of amateur microwave bands for satellite communication and that it is being impacted by terrestrial interference being created by unregulated consumer electronics and that it affects all spectrum users. Concern for wireless power transfer was also expressed. The ACMA has declined to progress frequency allocations, but the WIA's response has detailed suggestions on ways to move forward, including adding 60 metre band, 160 and 80 metre band expansions, primary status for 50 to 52 megahertz, a small allocation at 70 megahertz, and preservation of access to 23 centimetres. Access to frequency bands for licensed amateurs is about opportunity, the opportunity to experience and experiment for themselves. This principle is embodied in the ITU definition of the amateur service. Access to new frequency bands, as the WIA has proposed, is about the future development of the amateur service. Continuing development and self-training principles are also embodied in the ITU definition of the amateur service. 73 from VK5 WTF. News, talk and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. Here Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. July 14-15 Worldwide IARUH Championships this weekend. July 21, VKZL Trans-Tasman Lesbian Contest. August 11-12, VK Remembrance Day Contest. August 18-19, Worldwide Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. August 25-26, VK Lara Wild Contest. October 6, Worldwide Oceania DX Contest. Trent VK 40S on behalf of the WIA. VK Shires Contest 2018. Team says the results are in. Top of the winners list available on wia.org.au are VK5LJ and VK3XV. Said to each and every entrant, thank you for entering the VK Shires Contest 2018. Trent also told WIA News that with the trans been low band, 160-80-40 just around the corner, certificates are going to be produced using the same method as the RD for this year. In 2019 they will be adopting the new cross-checking system which will generate certificates in PDF for you to print. Radio DARC special coverage of the World Radio Sport Team Championship 2018. On the occasion of WRTC 2018, Radio DARC will broadcast two special programs. Saturday, July 14, 2018, from 11 hours to 12 hours AM UTC in English on 6070 kHz for Europe and Western Asia with 300 kilowatts output power. 13860 kHz for North America with 300 kilowatts output power. Sunday, July 15, 2018, from 9 hours to 10 hours AM, UTC in German on 6070 kHz for Europe with 100 kilowatts output power. Broadcasts are on AM on frequencies in the 49 and 22 meter shortwave broadcast bands. The Radio DARC program regularly airs on Sundays at 9 hours AM, UTC on 6070 kHz and covers current news in amateur radio and shortwave. Equipment reports, technology tips and interviews along with a bit of varied music. After the discontinuation of Deutsche Welle, VOA and other former shortwave stations, the weekly broadcast of Radio DARC is unique in its magazine format worldwide. Kingstown Regatta, Centenary In the late 19th century, the Kingstown Regatta was a big annual social event in Dublin. Wireless telegraphy was in its infancy when in July 1898 the Dublin Express newspaper invited Marconi to set up a wireless station aboard the Flying Huntress 
and get at the race finish line. The results were transmitted back to the Harbourmaster's office in Kingstown and telephoned outward to the newspaper offices. Special editions of the newspaper with results of the races were on sale in Kingstown before the odds had returned to port. This was the first use of wireless in reporting on a sporting event. The races took place in Dublin Bay, just south Howth. To commemorate the 120th anniversary of this historic event, EI0MAR will be celebrating by being QRV from the Martello Tower in Howth on Saturday 21st of July, and a special QSL card will be available for all QSOs and SWL reports. Bruce 3W3B is active as XW4XR from Laos to the 22nd. He operates on 40 to 10 metres, 6 metres, CW, Ritty and JT65. QSL via E21EIC, LOTW or direct. Andre NJOF is active as A25A from Botswana from the 13th to the 20th. He will be on 80 to 10 minutes SSB, CW, Ritty and FT8. QSL via NJOF direct or club log OQRS. Gail, K6GO and Mike, NA6MB, is active as ZF2GO and ZF2NA. From Grand Cayman Island, IOTA NA016. From the 11th to the 15th. Operating on 160-6 metres, they will also take part in the IAAU Championship at ZF1A, the CARS HQ station. QSL via K6GO. For VK1WIA National News... I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, RAC, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From around the world they came to successfully rescue 12 young members of a football team and their 25-year-old coach trapped by flooding in the caves in Thailand. A British contribution included four hayphones, a specialist cave radio system that can transmit hundreds of metres through solid rock, which allows radio communication between the surface and the cave, as well as a diver's switch, which allows divers to switch between multiple cylinders underwater. These hayphones were supplied by Derbyshire Cave Rescue Organisation and operate on LF at around 87 kilohertz. Aviation radiation, new results from the South Pacific. On the heels of a new study showing that flight attendants have an elevated risk of cancer compared to the general population, SpaceWeather.com and the students of Earth-to-Sky Calculus recently boarded a plane in the USA and flew to New Zealand carrying an array of cosmic ray sensors. During their 13-hour flight across the South Pacific, the team detected secondary cosmic rays in the passenger compartment almost 40 times stronger than on the ground below. Their haul of radiation included a significant number of neutrons captured in portable bubble chambers. Read spaceweather.com for the full story. From the Netherlands HF Spectrum Pollution, IEEE published paper. The IEEE have published measurement methodology and results of measurements of the man-made noise floor on HF in the Netherlands. A Google English translation of Veron site reads, on June 28, 2018, 
the Veron EMC EMF Commission received the good news that the article Measurement Methodology and Results of Measurements of the Man-Made Noise Floor on HF in the Netherlands has been published by IEEE. The Veron Board of Directors congratulates Coos, Papa Alpha Zero Kilo Delta Foxtrot, Peter, Papa Echo One Golf Echo X-Ray and Frank Lefferink of University of Twente with this publication. We radio amateurs operate mainly in the HF spectrum. An increase in human-made noise is immediately noticeable to the radio amateur. This publication not only confirms what radio amateurs have known for a long time, with this scientific research, it has now been proven objectively. The Veron EMC EMF committee can use this research in contacts with organisations such as NEC EMC and contacts with the government. From the USA... NASA has awarded a contract to the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena, California to continue operations of the agency's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, also in Pasadena. This cost-plus fixed-fee indefinite delivery indefinite quantity contract has a maximum value of $30 billion. The contract begins on October 1 with a five-year base period of performance, followed by five one-year options that could extend the contract to September 30, 2028. Under this contract, Caltech will continue to develop and sustain core competencies in support of NASA-sponsored work in the areas of Earth and planetary sciences, heliophysics, astrophysics and aeronautics and space activities to include the development of spacecraft and instruments. Caltech also will manage NASA-sponsored programs that carry out competed and peer-reviewed research, NASA partnerships with other government agencies, academia and the private sector, and the operation, research and management of NASA's Deep Space Network. FCC, North Huntington Man, settle over alleged radio disruption. The Tribune Review report on allegations of interference with amateur radio communications. The newspaper says a well-known Westmoreland County ham radio operator has agreed to pay $7,000 to the federal government to settle allegations. He intentionally interfered with communications, amongst other radio amateur operators, officials have said. The government announced a settlement on July 3rd with Brian Crow, K3VR, dating back to the government's charge that on March 14, 2014, he interfered with other radio amateurs and failed to identify himself with a call sign. A press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office also noted that the settlement reduced his operating class to technician for the next six months. According to the FCC, if no new violations occur, his amateur extra operating privileges will be restored. An FCC press release called the fine, quote, a substantial payment for an amateur operator, end quote. Brian Crow has held an amateur radio license since 1976. I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Nova Scotia's Port Bickerton Lighthouse has a story that's about to get a new chapter, as we hear from Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Canadian radio amateur Billy Budge, VE1AAO, created his first tribute to his father a number of years ago with the publication of a book that tells his family's story when they lived on St. Paul Island. Fred Budge was the lighthouse keeper there starting in 1955, and the book Memoirs of a Lighthouse Keeper's Son recalls those years. Now there's a second tribute planned for Billy's father. On July 13th through the 15th, the Pictou County Amateur Radio Club and the Maritime Lighthouse Amateur Radio Group are activating the Port Bickerton Lighthouse on Nova Scotia's eastern shore. Fred Budge had been a lighthouse keeper there as well from 1960 to 1977. 
Using the call sign VE1UW, the hams will be on the air for 48 hours, dedicating their activation to Fred Budge. They will honor him from a lighthouse that has remained a beacon of safety for more than a century for those sailing the North Atlantic. I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. On the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, another lighthouse is about to see a different kind of action. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us more. The lighthouse on a small reef between Sweden and Finland is about to provide an unprecedented opportunity for an international group of young radio amateurs. They'll be on the air at the Market Reef Lighthouse, a DXCC entity operating as OJ0C from the 21st to the 28th of July. Their activities are being sponsored by the Finnish Lighthouse Society and the Amateur Radio League of Finland in conjunction with OHDX Foundation, OHDXF, and DX University. The organisers are calling this activity International Youth at Sea. Their operations on the air will be supplemented by instruction in operating the radio equipment, managing pile-ups, an introduction to digital modes, and just as importantly, safety and survival. That fact is not insignificant. The Market Reef Lighthouse is anything but a safe haven. Set at sea level, waves cover it at times, and it has no jetty, so landings must be accomplished via small inflatable boats. The operators, all of whom are between 16 and 25 years of age, are also part of a cultural exchange that is to be repeated sometime in August. I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. The new exam for the U.S. Technician License made its debut, but not where you might think. John Williams, VK4JJW, has that story. In case you were wondering where in the United States the first new technician exam was given with the new set of questions, well, keep wondering. It wasn't in the U.S. at all, but in Australia. Two candidates, Ward and John, sat for the test at a hangar in Bankstown Airport, Sydney, at 8am local time Sunday, July 1st. But wait, it was still Saturday afternoon in the States. Getting a jump on things nonetheless were VE's Julian AG6LE, Bob AC1CZ and Brad AK2QQ as part of OzVE, which gives the US licensing tests across Eastern Australia. Better still, Julian tells us, both candidates passed the test. The early bird gets the license. I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. From the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm editor Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Hi, it's the Baker, Graham, VK4, Baker Baker, stepping in again with Media Watch. Shortwave radio listening continues its steep decline. Figures published by the BBC show more people listen directly to World Service English via the internet than by any other method. The global audience measure, the GAM figures, indicate how many adults the BBC reached weekly with its news and entertainment content in the year 2017-18. The BBC World Service, which has just undertaken its biggest expansion since the 1940s, has seen its audience increase by 10 million to 279 million. The total global news audience has risen by a million to 347 million. The shortwave radio audience has virtually disappeared in Pakistan and is now down substantially in Nigeria. Everybody, it seems, is using their smartphone. From Australia, this is VK1WIA. 
and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello, I'm Col, VK3LED, with this week's WIA Worldwide Special Interest Group News. And the lead story this week comes from WIA ARDF coordinator Jack, VK3WW. Later this year, a team of amateurs from Australia will experience thorn bushes, deep ravines, along with daily temperatures of around 20 degrees Celsius. They also need to be prepared for rain and cold. No, this is not a SOTA report, but a description of the terrain facing competitors in the 19th IARU World ARDF Championships. Competition commences September 2nd and finishes September 8th, 2018. It is expected that over 400 people from 25 amateur radio societies around the world will be meeting in Sokyo City, Gangwongdo Province, South Korea. This championship event is being hosted by the Korean Amateur Radio League. Among the competitors will be a team of five, including VK3OW, VK3FJTE, VK3FDAC, VK3ADY and VK3WWW, representing Australia. There are four ARDF events at this World Championships. They are Sprint, Foxor, Classic 80m ARDF and Classic 2m ARDF. As you could imagine, competition at this level is very tough. Even finishing in the top 10 in the world is a great achievement. More information about ARDF can be found on the Victorian ARDF Group webpage, www.ardf.org.au. Wishing all the competitors, both local and international, the very best for competition. This has been Jack, VK3WWW, the WIA ARDF Coordinator. Thanks, Jack. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's ballooning up, up and away. The Raspberry Pi Foundation Sky Academy program, supported by UK HAS members, in particular Dave, M0RPI, have trained more than 50 teachers to successfully launch near-space missions with their students. On the Raspberry Pi site, James Robinson says, making ballooning as accessible as possible is something they've been keen to do since first becoming involved in 2015. James said he's delighted that over the past year they've worked with Dave to produce two new applications to support HAB activities. PyTrack is a Python implementation of Dave's original C-based Pi in the Sky software, enabling learners to create their own tracker in a simpler programming language rather than simply configuring the existing software. And SkyGate, which is a complete tracking application which also runs on a Pi. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Digital. Codec 2HF Digital Voice at 450 BPS. David Rowe, VK5DGR, reports that Thomas Curin, a student at the Friedrich Alexander University Erlangen-Nuremberg, has developed a version of Codec 2 that encodes speech at just 450 BPS. Any speech codec running as low as 450 bits per second is pretty special, and this work is also a great starting point for further innovation and quality improvements. Thomas has sent VK5DGR some samples and is working with him to merge his new mode into Codec 2 Dev and has kindly offered to tell us his story, which you can read about in this week's text edition of WIA National News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. 145.825 MHz APRS CubeSats for August deployment. The June 29, 2018 SpaceX Falcon 9 launch of the Dragon cargo capsule included CubeSats of the BIRDS-2 satellite constellation. 
All CubeSats in the Birds 2 constellation, Maya 1, Bhutan 1 and UTIMSat 1, have identical designs and utilise the same radio frequencies. Whilst made independently, the operation and control of the three CubeSats will be shared by the three teams after they're released from the ISS early in August. They'll be operational for six months. The three will form a constellation orbiting the Earth from different places, providing the countries more opportunities to make measurements and run experiments compared to using one CubeSat. Joel Joseph Marciano Jr., manager of the PHL Microsat program in the Philippines, said the primary mission of the Burns 2 CubeSat constellation is to provide a digital message relay service to the amateur radio community by means of an APRS digipeter on board. The Digipeter on board BIRDS 2 CubeSats will use 145.825 MHz for both receive and transmit, which is the standard configuration used by other satellites such as ARIS and LAPAN A2. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. Well, they say there's a first time for everything, and nowhere could that be truer than in amateur radio. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, which happens on the third full weekend in August, is marking its 21st anniversary and has welcomed 250 registered lighthouses so far this year. But it's also celebrating the debut of a number of new participants. As at Amateur Radio First, these include the Ashdod and Mount Carmel Lighthouses in Israel, Shabla Lighthouse in Bulgaria, Porthcol Breakwater in Wales and Tanjung Datu in Malaysia. There are even more lighthouses new to the game in Mexico and Cuba. Organiser Kevin Mulcahy, VK2CE, said the event begins on August 18 at 1 minute past midnight UTC. That's still a few weeks off, so as always, the pace of entries is expected to gather momentum in the days ahead. Registered participants also include one of South Africa's most historic lighthouses, which will be activated by the Boland Amateur Radio Club during the event. The club is marking its own milestone, their 70th anniversary, with the special event call sign ZS70BAK. Kevin and Ted, W8TTS, maintain the list of lighthouses and expect the list to include more than 500 by the final week. That's a rate of growth you might say is almost at the speed of light. House. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. With only a few weeks to go to Yota 2018 in South Africa, the SARL Yota events team is hard at work with preparations for the seven-day program, filled with a range of amateur radio-related activities, excursions and, of course, lots of fun. Letters to successful candidates to join the South African team have been mailed and the names and call signs of the team will be announced once the selected team members have confirmed their participation in the event. Yota 2018 will offer many opportunities to learn more about amateur radio and getting to know fellow amateurs from various other countries. From Yota to Jota, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Registration for Jota Jotai 2018 is now open. The time has come for registration of each scout group for the largest scouting event of the year. Registration can be done at the worldwide site via the link on the text edition of this broadcast. This year's Jota Jotai event provides registered groups with access to the International Jamboree page. You'll be able to see at a glance all the registered stations from around the world and take part in the largest scout event to be held each year. This also provides the opportunity to contact other stations around the world before the event and set up a dedicated time, etc., to make the contact. So start planning your event now. Your National Jota Jotai coordinator can assist you with getting in touch with one of the local scout groups. It's not difficult to set up an event at your local scout hall. All you need is a couple of cubs and scouts and a scatter or two to organise the weekend. No need to run the entire weekend either. You choose what days to operate according to your group's schedule. 
The busiest times are on the Saturday. Brett Nicholas, VK2BNN, is Scouts Australia National Coordinator for JOTA, and Lorraine O'Hare, VK2FICQ, is the Girl Guides Australia National JOTA JOTAI Coordinator. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Held in South Africa, the RADAR, R-A-D-A-R, Challenge is a unique event aimed at promoting the use of rapidly deployable amateur radio stations. The category of participation, fixed, field or moving, may be changed at any time during the challenge. The point system is structured to encourage portable radar operations, especially movable radar stations. Radar operators are encouraged to be self-sufficient during each challenge with not only power and communications equipment, but also food, water, protective clothing and shelter. Radar operators define their own operating time schedule. It's up to each individual to plan his or her maximum single period four hours of operating. The second radar challenge takes place from 0000 to 2359 UTC, Saturday 14th of July, with CW, SSB, FM or any legal amateur radio digital mode on all amateur bands, including crossband contacts via amateur radio satellites. I'm Cole, VK3LED, for WIA National News. On the social scene, 2018, July 20 in VK3 and something a little different from Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club an invite to Radio Control Models on Steroids, a presentation by model shipbuilder Nigel Allum. The evening commences at 7.30pm Friday, July 20 at the Longley Sports Pavilion, 20 Longley Lane, Longley. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.